Do you ever find that sometimes people just seem to wind you up or people make you angry? Maybe if you're in a relationship, your partner makes you really angry sometimes or upset. Or if you're looking for that sort of relationship that you really want to have in your life, sometimes you think, well, people just don't find you attractive. You kind of feel, you feel insecure. Today, we're going to be exploring cognitive behavioral therapy and how that can help you understand your reactions and change your reactions so you can improve your relationships and improve your chance of finding the relationship that you really want in your life. If you'd like to find out more about how you can improve your relationships, head over to therelationshipmaze.com where we have lots of free resources and we also have our online relationship course to help you create the relationship that you deserve. Welcome to this week's Mind, Body and Relationship Maze. My name is Tom Mackay. And I'm Angela Dukes. And today we're going to be exploring how cognitive behavioural therapy can help you improve your relationships. Yeah, so what is it? What is cognitive behavioural therapy? Um, it's also called CBT and you might have heard about it. There's lots in the press written about CBT in the UK, for example. Um, CBT is used uh, the, is the predominant form of therapy that you would experience if you go uh, through the NHS and you get some uh, some therapy. So yeah, what is it, Tom? Do you want to talk us through? Well, it? actually, yeah. Before we actually go, what into it is yeah. what it is is like you know, let's have some real experiences. Like yeah. you know, as you're listening here, do you ever kind of have that experience where you think? Oh, they make me so angry. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you have, you kind of familiar oh, with that? Oh, absolutely, yeah. yes, very yeah, much you get so. that sometimes, or, you know, why do, they, why do they do that? They're so annoying, or they, you know, they, they, they're just being disrespectful. Yeah, or somebody, oh, they don't like me, or they're just exactly the way that I behave is really out of order. Yeah, and we feel upset, and it's like other people make us upset other people make us angry or other people kind of make us feel insecure yes. and but actually what's really going on is there's a missing middle piece mm. so we often think that you know events make us feel a certain way yeah. but actually it's something else it's the thing that goes on in the middle which is the thought the thought is the thing that causes us to feel a certain way and when you become aware of this process what you can do is you can start to have more control over how you react and a quote that Aldous Huxley once uh, wrote, and it's a slight variation of this, just in terms of some of the pronouns, so I've just varied it a little bit, is experience is not what happens to a person, it's what, it's what a person does with what happens to them. Absolutely, and this is really relevant, particularly with couples, because there's often this kind of blaming going on that you make me angry, yeah? This idea of the other person being responsible for how you're feeling. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, if another person is responsible for how you're feeling, you never really have choice. No. You, you just react. It means that we react to experiences in life. And this isn't just in relationships. It's really in everything we do is that if we just react, then you never have the ability to influence. Absolutely. So we're not proactive. And when you can find a way of actually taking more control of how you respond, you become proactive. Because if you suddenly feel angry when someone says something or looks at you in a certain way, or you feel kind of nervous when, you know, if you're out on a date and someone looks at you in a certain way or says something, then essentially what happens is we feel nervous and that emotional state impacts how we behave. Absolutely. It impacts what we say. You know, we have this experience all the time. I work with people who um, go and present. They go and do kind of talks in front of groups of people. We're going out on a date and they get really nervous and they end up kind of not being able to kind of get the words out. Mm. 
And what's really important in this context is that it's not the actual event itself that is causing the difficulty, it's our interpretation. So that's the bit in the middle, it's kind of the sense that we make of it. So in the example of you know giving a presentation, that's a very it's a classic one. Lots of people find that very challenging and difficult because the interpretation is that uh, I'll be standing in front of a group of people who will be hostile or who will think that I'm you know I, I don't make any sense or I'm not clever enough in what I say, etc. So it's the kind of it's the interpretation, it's the perspective that we choose. Uh, in relation to this particular situation. Absolutely, and cognitive behavioural therapy was really first of all developed by Beck, mm. and um, then Albert Ellis, who created rational motor behavioural therapy, which is really a progression of some of the original uh, concepts, he created the ABC model. So we basically, we have the activating event, we have a belief, and then we have a consequence. And usually in life, what we're aware of is there's an event or there's a trigger, something happens, like somebody looks at you in a certain way, like you're on a date and the person kind of looks at you with kind of slightly closed eyes or whatever it happens to be. And then we feel a certain way, we feel kind of nervous, for example, mm. or you stand out in front of a room full of people to do a presentation uh, and you feel anxious. Yeah. yeah. So basically, so so there's the the event. Absolutely, you feel anxious, etc. And then there's a consequence. That's the C. Yeah. So you have a response there, and you start to feel a bit uncomfortable. You start thinking, oh, this person actually, they're looking at me in a funny way. They probably don't like me. They don't think I'm interesting enough. They don't think I'm attractive enough, etc. So that's the A to C. Yeah? yeah. The situation and then the consequence. And the bit in the middle is. Well, the bit in the middle is actually some of the things that you said that happens after as well. Mm -hmm. But it's the bit in the middle is actually the bit where we think they don't like me or they're going to laugh at me. Mm -hmm. And that's actually the bit that makes us feel nervous or anxious. Mm -hmm. But often it's so quick that we just have the response. We're not aware of that internal thought. Mm -hmm. So basically, we, you know, we go into a situation and we have some sort of internal thought. And the thought could be things we say to ourselves. It could be images. It could mm -hmm. be kind of movies we play in our minds. Uh, and as a result of that, we feel a certain way. Yes. And, you know, and this the thing is we need to bring into awareness. What is that piece in the middle? What is that missing piece of the puzzle? What are the images that I make? What are the thoughts that I'm thinking? Mm. Because it's those things that lead to that response. To um, yeah. And, you know, and, and I think what's really important with that yeah. is we don't randomly think those thoughts. We don't randomly have these images is we've learned them. Yes, absolutely. So we've learned that maybe that we're not... Uh, interesting enough that you know that maybe uh, other people are, there might have been an incident for example at school if you were bullied at school a lot if you if you had to talk in front of the whole class and uh, and other kids were making fun of you then there might be a belief forming over time that yeah. you know that uh, that what you're saying is just a bit silly or stupid and you kind of hold on to that and you might not you, most of the time a lot of the time you're not necessarily aware of this holding on to this particular belief. Yeah, sorry to try you, you were just describing my school experience. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, well, I had that, for example, with maths. <clears throat> I was totally useless at maths at school. I could absolutely... Maths? Yes. Oh, maths Mathematics, maths. sorry. I think maths like in church. <laughs> sorry, sorry, that too. Maths, right. Um, no, <laughs> sorry, that's my German accent. So mathematics, could do it at school, could do it for the life of me, and, you know, I had loads of humiliating experiences being called in front of the classroom and then having to do an equation and just failing miserably. So I have, a, for example, one of my underlying, my belief is definitely that I can't do mathematics. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. So that... Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, and, and, and we all form these different sort of beliefs. And, you know, like you said, at school, you know, the school I went to is any time you stood up to say something in front of a group, people would kind of make fun or kind of make mm. jeering sounds. And when I left school, I was terrified of public speaking. You know, speaking in front of a small group of even three people terrified me. Mm. Um, but now it's what I do for a living. And now, you know, I get up in front of a room full of even 500 or 1,000 people. And, you know, it, I don't really feel nervous at all. Mm. So you can change them. You can change these thoughts. Mm. But they you learn them from somewhere. Mm. So it could be at school. It could be from observing your parents so you know, even from an early age we see you know in terms of how we kind of relate in a relationship mm. you know some of those earliest experiences are we're aware of how our parents relate to each other Absolutely. or how our parents relate to us you know the messages our parents give us in terms of you know it's good to do this it's bad to do that mm. you're a good boy you're a good girl you're a good person however you know whatever they might be saying yes so and these messages like we they they kind of build over years and years and years and they kind of really sort of sink in and become part of us uh, and a lot of the time and most of the time we're not necessarily aware of them we might be aware of some of these thoughts uh, so they might come to us a little bit more easily if we start to think hmm, actually what is it that i often what i often go to as an automatic thought uh, and there are also some thoughts that we might struggle to access they're kind of buried at a slightly deeper level because they're so normalized for us that we don't even question them that we don't even think actually this is this is a belief system that i can possibly challenge yeah and and what you're talking about with belief systems and thoughts we mm. can separate these so again in cbt we talk about uh, the negative automatic thoughts or core beliefs now next automatic thought might be something like well you're going to do that presentation where we're thinking they're going to laugh at me or mm. they're never going to kind of like what i'm saying mm. whereas you know these are different thoughts that kind of are the, the icing above the kind of core of that mm. cake. And the mm. core is basically those core beliefs, like maybe I'm not good enough. And that becomes manifested in all these different types of negative thoughts mm. that are basically, you know, some of these little kind of branches from those core beliefs. Absolutely, yeah. So we've got the negative automatic thoughts. We've got the core beliefs at a slightly deeper level, which are which take uh, quite some time to challenge to get to. Uh, but if we challenge them, then we can really transform our behavior quite significantly. And what CBT is really interested in is the connection here between our thoughts, our feelings, our physiology, how we respond to something, and our subsequent behavior. It's sometimes called the hot cross bun in CBT. Um, so you have a particular thought, for example, oh God, I've got to go, uh, um, you know, I've got to stand in front of the, all of these people and I've got to uh, make a presentation. Well, what are the associated feelings here? There might be that I start to feel a bit uncomfortable, I start to feel quite anxious. The physiological response might be that I notice my heart is beating a bit faster, I start sweating, etc. And what do I do? Well, at the extreme ends, in terms of my behavior, I might just cancel it and don't do it altogether. Or I might, um, you know, I might fret walking up and down my flat all the time, you know, in this kind of anxious state, which then feeds again into my thoughts because I'm doing all of that. My thoughts will be, oh, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it, and so on and so forth. Yeah, and, and because you're feeling anxious, the thoughts become more extreme. So mm -hmm. it becomes what's called a spiral. Yeah. So it might start out feeling a bit anxious, thinking, well, they may not like me. 
Um, so I'm feeling kind of that anxiety, then the thoughts, because I'm feeling anxious, and it's thinking like, well, actually, I know they're not going to like me. So you feel more anxious, and it's kind of, they, they become a spiral. Mm. And then we avoid the situation, and it gets worse. And mm. again, taking another example in dating. Mm. Like, you might think, well, you know, if you haven't been on a date for a while, or you had a bad experience last time, you might think, well, you know, they're just not going to like me. Mm. Uh, and then, you know, underneath that, we could have a core belief, which is believing you're not attractive enough. Yeah. Um, but that's manifested in maybe that negative automatic thought, like, they're not going to like me. Yeah. So what happens is we feel anxious. Mm-hmm. And then we feel anxious and we start to think, well, oh, you know, I, I start sweating. And then we're thinking, well, I can't go out like this because I'm feeling sweaty. People are going to laugh at me. And it becomes worse. We end up just mm-hmm. cancelling the date. So we get stuck. We don't go out because that initial negative automatic thought mm-hmm. that comes from, like, that core belief maybe that mm-hmm. I'm not attractive enough, mm-hmm. you know, that gets in the way. Yes, absolutely. So what do we do? We've got to start sort of challenging this somewhere. Yeah. So if we look at this hot cross bun, thoughts, beliefs, physiology, behavior, we want to kind of start somewhere here. So either we kind of look at the thoughts. Can we challenge the thoughts? Is there something? Can we shift the feeling, the associated feeling? Is there something on a bodily level that we can do to maybe calm our system down a little bit? Or, is, or can we start with the behavior? Can we sort of challenge the behavior a little bit? So there are different entry points in this cycle uh, to address the, the difficulty that you might be experiencing in certain situations. Yeah, and one way you can start doing that now is actually to get out a piece of paper mm-hmm. and you write out a few columns. The first column you write out, what is the event? Uh, what is the trigger that leads you to feel a certain way? So it could be, for example, thinking about going on the date. Mm-hmm. Or if it's in a relationship and where suddenly you know you get angry because of something you think your partner's done, um, then basically it might be you know your partner looks at you in a certain way. That would be the triggering event. You then have another column where we start to think, well, the easiest thing to then think about is how you respond or how you react, uh, basically how, what your emotional reaction is. So you start thinking, well, how are you feeling? So in the second column, uh, we might put, um, what, what's your feeling? Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, angry or, for example, nervous. And then we want to find out the link between them. So we start thinking, OK, before that feeling, what is the thought? Mm-hmm. What's the image? What comes to mind? Is it, for example, um, you know, for that dating example? Well, you know, they're not going to like me. Mm-hmm. Or if it's um, your partner looking at you a certain way, you feel angry. That thought might be something like they don't respect me enough. Absolutely. Uh, and what is also helpful when you do this, uh, the thoughts uh, and the feeling recording, write down the sort of intensity of it. That can be quite helpful as well. How intense is this feeling on a scale of 1 to 10 or 1 to uh, 10 to, to 100? doesn't really matter which scale you use. But just sort of get a sense of how strong is this feeling? How intense is this thought that I'm having? So once you've done that, so you've done th- you've done three columns, yeah, situation, feeling, thought. Uh, we then want to look at in the next column, what's the sort of evidence that is support supporting your thoughts? What's the evidence that's supporting the idea that your partner doesn't respect you? So is there anything that you can kind of pull out of the head here, yeah, that kind of makes it very clear, yes, this is really going on? Or what's the evidence that you know when you're going on a date that somebody's not going to like you? Just write that down in this column. 
Yeah, and you may find there's not actually that much there. I mean, yeah. you know, if it's going on a date, it could be, well, the last time I went on a date, the person never phoned me up, never got back in touch with me. Mm, uh, and that might just be one situation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then what we do is we move on to the next column, which would be, okay, what evidence is there to not support this? So against this. Mm. So then we start thinking, well, you know, for example, on the date, it could be, well, actually, yes, in the past... Um, I've been on, you know, I've been on several days and they went really well. You know, I've had relationships in the past uh, that were, were were successful. Mm. Um, so we start to think, you know, actually this isn't true, but people work find me attractive. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So and then in the next column, we want to see is there another way of looking at the situation altogether? Can you reframe it? Can you think of it differently? Is there a different way of kind of perceiving what's actually going on? Can you think differently about? The idea that your partner doesn't like you when they look at you in a funny way. Is there another explanation? Is there a different way of describing this situation? You would write that down. And the different way might be, okay, well, maybe I kind of overreacted here, or maybe I misinterpreted, or maybe my partner was just looking in a funny way because they had a bad day, but they're not having a go at me. Something like that. A different way of constructing a reality, an interpretation around what actually happened. Yeah, and it could also be, you know, exploring where does that kind of uh, thought or belief come from in the first place? Like, well, you know, it used to be that your father looked to it in a certain mm. way when he was angry, and mm. that and your partner's way of looking reminds you of that. So it might be, well, actually, I realise that, you know, I feel this way, maybe because it's the way my father used to look at me, mm. but in this situation, you know, th this this is completely different. Absolutely. So remembering that, so that can be really important as well. So mm. sometimes exploring where where that kind of thought, where that belief comes from or originates from, can help you separate what's happening now from a response you had in the past. Because we learn things in the past, but they may not be relevant in today's situation that we're in. Yeah. And something that uh, is often done in CBT as well is this kind of idea that, well, if you asked a friend, so if a friend of yours was in the same situation, what kind of, what would you say to them? What kind of advice would you give them? How would you describe the situation to them? And that might enable you to kind of step away a little bit from yourself, so to speak, and look at it from a different perspective. Yeah. Uh, yeah, should we give an example also for the dating situation? So in terms of, yeah, re, you know, constructing a different interpretation, a different uh, way of looking at the situation in the dating situation is also to kind of think, well, actually, you know, I, 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 I should try it. Okay, there's no guarantee here that the date is going to work. But really, I'm not, there isn't enough evidence to show me that this other person is not interested in me. And maybe I have to give her a bit more time. Yeah, absolutely. And, and also there's those kind of old ways of reframing that are used in sales. So in sales, there's that reframe, which is every no is one closer to a yes. Oh, yeah, well, that's so you have to go through a few no's to get that yes and yes. you know and also remember as well if if somebody isn't interested in you it probably is that essentially it, it's not necessarily you it's something to do with them mm -hmm. and you know there may be people that you like who don't like you but in that case they're probably not a good person to get into a relationship with because they're not going to be a great partner in the first place Absolutely. but when you find that person who you do kind of connect with you know that's that's going to be worth waiting for and, and just alongside that as well is it's not just the thoughts, it's actually taking action. Because what happens is mm. the more you avoid doing something, mm. the more you get anxious about it. Yeah. So when you avoid something, you essentially feel a bit of kind of that calmness. You feel a bit of kind of, you know, actually, you know, it's, it's like soothing you a little bit. Mm. And actually that reinforces the tendency to avoid it. Mm. So the more you avoid something you feel anxious about, the greater the anxiety becomes. 
If you want to get over anxiety, what you really want to do is start to face those things. Start to kind of with smaller things at first, mm. gradually kind of work through, you know, for example, if kind of, um, I, I don't know what, in terms of a dating thing, what might be the thing the person's most anxious about? Um, well, it's this sort of like, are they going to like me? And that's often the sort of assumption. Yeah. 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 So it might be like, you know, if, if you're really terrified about the idea mm. of going on a blind date or kind of meeting somebody mm. that you've met on the internet. You might start with kind of like other some social groups you could join yeah. where you can just meet a group of people without the thought of having to date people. So you can just get used to kind of that general socialization, yeah, which again, after the pandemic, a lot of people haven't really been kind of mixing. So, you know, just getting into a situation without the pressure, first of all, mm. might help you then feel more confident just generally kind mm. of talking to people you don't know. And then you can move on to, you know, for example, dating, which mm. you know, makes it a little bit easier because you're taking that initial step. Yes, absolutely. And it's it's a difficult one with dating. Dating can be, whoops, hello. Our camera just wobbled there because <laughs> I, I, I kicked it. Um, so, um, yeah, so with dating, it is a little bit more difficult because you don't know necessarily what is going to happen at the other end. You know, you're kind of, you don't know where the other person is sort of interested in you or not. That's always a risk, isn't it? Dating comes with some sort of risk, ultimately. Um, but it's the interpretation again. It's not necessarily taking it as rejection or as I'm not good enough. Yeah, there are all sorts of factors that come into play here about whether somebody finds you attractive or whether you find someone attractive and we talk about that in our other podcasts at length about what might attract you to another person so so it's kind of just sort of you know step by step sort of thinking a little bit about uh, also visualizing might be really helpful actually that's another thing that you can do to prepare for a date to kind of imagine yourself in this scenario. What are you going to be wearing? What are you going to be saying? What might you be eating? If you go out for a meal, what might you be drinking? If you're going for a drink or where might you be walking? To kind of really feel yourself into the situation. That sometimes also helps to ease the anxiety a little bit because you kind of already pl uh, played it through in your mind and you've given some, you know, some sort of, um, you've exposed yourself to the situation, so to speak, even if it's in your imagination. That might be another step forward here. Yeah, absolutely. So essentially, just to kind of uh, reiterate some of the things we covered mm -hmm. is, you know, it's, it's about thinking, what are the thoughts that go on before you actually have that emotional response? And when you become aware of them, you can change them. Mm -hmm. And when you change them, that can give you more choice in how you feel and how you respond and subsequently what you do. Mm -hmm. So you can change your behaviours. So you don't have to respond in certain ways. And that can give you a real kind of freedom and, and proactivity in terms of the things that you're doing, whether it's in a relationship you're in, whether it's finding a relationship, mm. whether it's anything that we're doing, like going and doing a presentation. Mm. It's about having that choice. And also remembering that when you change your behavior, that also impacts how you feel. So we can change the thoughts, we can change the images, but actually just taking action, mm. getting up and changing your behavior will also impact your emotions mm -hmm. and that will impact your thoughts. So it can be, we can influence it from different points of, of, of that kind of diagram of the thoughts, the mm. feelings, the behaviors. Um, yeah. We don't have to go in with thoughts. No, absolutely. We sometimes have to start with behavior and just put something to the test, so to speak. Kind of test out, uh, in a particular, uh, do an experiment, so to speak, and test out, are my beliefs really true here? Is this really what's happening here? Or is there another way of looking at it? So just trying something out sometimes to kind of expose yourself to the very thing that you're scared of. 
and noticing that mm, there might be a really positive outcome here, there might be something that I'm experiencing here which actually is really quite nice, will then enable you to kind of shift the cycle and have different thoughts and feelings, etc. So, as we say, you can start at any of these different points here in this particular cycle. They're all helpful. But as Tom said, absolutely they can be changed. They're not set in stone. They're not fixed. This particular cycle, all of this is not fixed. Your thoughts are not fixed necessarily. Your feelings, your behaviours, they can be changed. And that's a really lovely positive message that you can take away from, from the podcast today. That there's lots of room here to change all of this. Absolutely. So go and try it out. And if you want to find out more about how you can improve your relationships, please do head over to our website, therelationshipmaze.com, where we've got lots more resources to help you. And we have also have our online course, The Relationship Maze. And please also subscribe to this podcast. Please share it with people who you think might benefit. And we look forward to speaking with you again next, next week. Yeah, very much looking forward to it. Take good care and see you then. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. If you'd like to find out more about creating great relationships, go to therelationshipmaze.com and I look forward to seeing you there. And remember to tune in to the next podcast. Music